This is a space for anyone raising humans and trying to find time to raise themselves in the process. The myths of motherhood are loud out there. This unrealistic motherhood culture we find ourselves in is toxic to our souls. It imprisons our progress, stunts our growth, and breeds limiting beliefs that altogether keep us overwhelmed. It's my mission to push the eject button on this crazy ride and help you find peace with your process. Through mentors and mistakes, I have learned that we have way more power and permission than we realize. Jesus didn't just die to give us everlasting life in heaven. He died to give us abundant life, a full life right here on earth, right now in the midst of your sleepless nights in your Cheerio-covered kitchen. I don't know about you, but I felt like I didn't qualify for that kind of full kingdom life while in the throes of motherhood. Listen to me, mama. You have access to all that Jesus died to give you. You're called to kingdom things even now, even when you can't remember the last time you read your Bible or when you say bad words under your breath after stepping on yet another Lego. Mothering is hard and overwhelm is real and understandable, but it does not have to be your every single day. I want to help you out of the wind and the waves of overwhelm and into the peace of overflow through super practical things like decluttering, simplifying your life, making your home work for you, to mental work like ditching the pressure of perfection and comparison, defeating those toxic thoughts, and learning about yourself, how you tick, and what brings you to life. We're covering it all. If it's not real, raw, and helpful, it is not allowed. Fullness is in front of you. Let's go get it together. You're listening to The Fullness Show. Welcome back to another episode of The Fullness Show. I'm your host, Abby Haggard, and today we are jumping into part two of my incredible conversation with Dr. Missy Greider with Meeting Kids Needs. She is breaking down how to help teach our kids identifying their stress in their bodies and then how to actually manage it. This conversation is so full and rich and I'm excited for you to hear part two. She gets very practical. So make sure you take notes. Make sure you write down the names of the books that she mentions because oh my goodness, that woman just like downloaded a library in this conversation. So make sure you jump in that. I'm really excited for just everything we're going to learn and how many tools we can actually use and implement right now with our children. So supportive, so incredible. I'm so grateful for Dr. Missy Greider. Let's dive in. Now that we've kind of set the stage with definitions for the stress, you know, the response in our body, the stressors, those external things that are causing the the reactions in our bodies, there are three different steps where we can help our kids to first recognize stress and then three different steps to help our kids manage stress. So going into helping our kids to recognize stress. Number one, identify the cause of the stress, which is called the stressor, which we've already touched on. So We want to also be really cognizant of parents. Is the cause of the stress something we may need to enter, excuse me, immediately intervene on as a parent? For example, if your child's safety is involved. So that's something I always like to throw out there, just just so you're being super aware if if it is a safety issue to, to just be immediately on that. Also, using this as a time to connect with your child, using language like, huh, what's going on? I'm noticing you may be feeling stressed. Is that right? 
tell me more. So just using that really open-ended language, really trying to get at the, the root cause of the stress is step one. Then step two, help your child name the precise feeling word for the stress that he or she feels. So stress is, you know, it's a really general term. Is your child feeling frustrated? Is your child feeling overtired? Is your child feeling overwhelmed, left mm. out, angry, sad, disappointed, really getting to that precise feeling word. There's also a free meeting kids needs lesson on my website available for immediate download. And that'll help you with your child to really identify what is that precise feeling word. So that's available. Um, Naming that precise feeling word builds your child's emotional vocabulary and automatically begins to lower stress levels. Mm. So when we can precisely name the word, we already get that little bit of, oh, Okay, at least I can name it, you know. So, so that's true. yes, yes. So step one, we're identifying the cause of the stress or the called the stressor. Step two, we're identifying that precise feeling word. And step three, we're asking our child where he or she notices the stress in his or her body. And we've touched on that too with that little, you know, band-aid exercise of, you know printing a picture of our child's body, having the younger kids put a little Band-Aid spot on, right. having our older kids label it with a, with a Post-it note in some more detail. So we're really giving our child some self-awareness here, which is so mm-hmm. huge to be mm-hmm. able to really identify things. So we're helping our kids to recognize the stress with those first three steps. We're identifying the cause of the stress or the stressor. We're helping our kids to name that precise feeling word and we're asking our child where he or she notices that physical stress response in their body. So that's identify, that. that's recognizing the stress. Thank you. So now we're going to help our children manage the stress. So our first step for that, we're going to go back to the cause of the stress and we're going to really closely and honestly examine the root cause along with the pace of our family's life as we all look to returning to quote normal um, post pandemic here. So how can we really look at what are those root causes? Is there perhaps a pace issue? You know, Mm. uh, are we perhaps going too fast? Would our families better thrive with less on the to-do list? Is there something we could eliminate from our family's schedule to create a calmer pace? You know, so Mm. really looking at the cause Maybe it's, you know, one of those issues, maybe it's something related to to the pace of family life. Maybe it's not, but so often that's something that's present. So how can Mm -hmm. we really look at that? We don't want to just be post-pandemic and go back to the crazy, (laughs) which wasn't good. It's like, how can we really intentionally choose a new normal for ourselves that's, that's a more quality way of living, you know, yeah. a more life-giving pace, things that are more enjoyable, being able to enjoy the present moment instead of rushing our way through it, you know, mm. trying to get to the next something else, whatever that something else is. So mm. that is so good. And I, I, just adding something in really quick, I sure. I think that, you know, part of the emotional debt that we talked about at yes. the beginning of our conversation. Yes. I'm just thinking of like people that I know and um, their pace beforehand and their desire to get back to that. I think that there there's something to be said at realizing that you have control over what you can choose to take with you into the next season of life and what you can leave behind. Absolutely. And a lot of the things that people, you know, 
I think a lot of people don't understand that that those stresses that were really kind of running their life, yes, um, they don't have to come into the next season. They don't have to be. They do not. They don't. Have, there's no copy and paste. You get the power no. and the permission to say, you know what, that was fun back then. But now I realize what it's done to my heart and my my mindset and and my emotional state, right? And that doesn't need to go with me anymore. And just just that alone, like deciding, I don't have to have my every kid in, in all activities. No, they don't. Not every kid gets to do their own thing. Maybe we do it seasonally. This kid gets to do soccer this season. Next season, this kid gets to do football. But they're not all doing a sport at the same time. You sure. Know, those kinds of decisions of saying practically, we don't have to do that anymore. And no, we're not and those, obligated. We're not at all. And those are intentional decisions, you know, yes. and you have mm-hmm. the autonomy, you have the agency, you have the responsibility as the yes. adult in the household, yes. you know, to choose the healthiest physical, mental, emotional, spiritual choices for a family. And that's not running 24-7 with zero downtime. It's not. So another thing too, another stat that's coming to my mind. um, So this was a study that was done of thousands of adults throughout the globe. And they were asked to describe the emotional climate of the childhood home they grew up in with one Mm. word. Mm. 70% chose a negative word. Mm. 10% were neutral and only 20% of adults chose a positive word. I don't think a frantic pace is contributing to a positive word. I don't think so either. You know, and Uh it, it just isn't, it just isn't. So really, honestly, how can we celebrate the fact that we have autonomy, you know, Mm -hmm. and really Mm -hmm. just creating, co-creating with our, with our spouses for the the moms that are married with our kids. How can we co-create an environment, a loving home climate and an emotional climate and environment in our home that is life-giving and is a home that our kids are going to want to come back to as adults to visit? Yes. And want to recreate themselves. Absolutely. 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 Love that. Thank you, Missy. That's beautiful. Thanks. I have um, another uh, step. Um, We need to make space in our family's life for both fun, physical movement and deep relaxation. Mm. The relaxation response is actually the opposite of fight, fight or flee. (laughs) Fight. Mm -hmm. I need more coffee. (laughs) The (laughs) The opposite of fight flight or freeze is the relaxation response. So that's Mm. developed by Dr. Herbert Benson at Harvard. So it's the opposite of fight, flight or freeze. So, and it's, it's something easy for, for listeners to look up relaxation response, Dr. Herbert Benson, and it's just 12 minutes a day. It's something that I'm getting back to. It's a practice I had done for years and I, and I stopped just with all the, the grief surrounding my dad, but I'm getting back to it because it is so important and so helpful. Um, Basically, it consists of you take a deep breath in, and it's just 12 minutes of you just either sitting quietly or, or laying down quietly. So taking a deep breath in, and then your out breath is the same either word or phrase, or for me, I do a scripture. It's just your out breath is significantly longer than your in breath. And so you're just repeating that same scripture or that same word or that same phrase. It's easy to do. And it even, there's tons of research to support it even epigenetically meaning the science of gene expression your genes express themselves in a physically healthier way doing this daily wow so this relaxation thing it's no joke it's not an extra it's like 
important for basic human health. Wow. That is really, really beautiful. I love too that it's, it's brought in with the word, which is living and brings life and transformation and all the things. And so it's beautiful how the science is totally like supported. And yes, it's just (laughs) blended this beautiful tapestry. It's supposed to be. It's like it's been ripped apart and God's going, no, 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 no. This is how I made you. This is supposed to go hand in hand. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And then um, step three on helping your child to to manage the stress is those breathing techniques, which we talked about, you know, from Dr. Emil Seppala and her work with veterans. Um, One of an easy thing to remember is breathing in for four we, I'll just do it. I'll just demonstrate it. Breathing in for four. You'll hold for seven. And out for eight. So doing that five times, you will feel a difference. Even yes. five times. So that's, you know, and it, creating those little pockets in your day where, say, if it's Every time I drive back in the driveway, maybe it's doing those breathing techniques, finding that anchor, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. BJ Fogg from Stanford talks about um, a stem for healthy habits is after I blank, I will blank. So after I drive in the driveway, I will do my breathing exercises. After Mm -hmm. I notice that I've woken up in the morning, I will do 10 things I'm grateful for on my 10 fingers. You know, Mm -hmm. just doing those things where it's after I blank, I will blank. And you're anchoring it to something you normally do anyway. So really then making those things into habits and and rituals that that are healthy and just become your norm. That's so, so beautiful. And who did you say, Dr. Who? Dr. BJ Fogg. He has a nice book called uh, Tiny Habits. That's a good one. Mm. I have a book list like crazy right now from just our little conversation. <laughs> I'm like, I got a lot to read. Thank you. <laughs> oh, another it. one I wanted to mention on burnout too, where some of the information I've spoke spoken on, uh, it's a book called Burnout by doctors Amelia and Emily Nagoski. And they have a, have a good book on burnout, which we don't want to get there. We want to prevent it. Amen. So good. I'm taking crazy notes. That is beautiful. So with all of our, I mean, mainly six, six steps here. I mean, if we really look at it all, we have a really clear roadmap on how to help our kids recognize and then manage stress, daily stress, even big stress. Um, I'm already thinking of, you know, little, little signs that that my kids are showing me um, throughout the day. Like yesterday was a rough day. It was just Mm -hmm. one of those days where no one was was working with us. Like Chris and I, after they all got in bed, we looked at each other like, that was rough. Like, can we not have another day like that for a while? Right, right, right. Um, No one was was working with us. It was just kind of like constant – whining or bickering or um just not able to really communicate sure and uh i took our son back to the room at one point and it was i mean we just had a rough he just had a rough day and i sat down with him and i was like what is going on he's four sure um almost five he'll be five in december mm-hmm. and i was like what where are we at what's going on buddy what's going on in your heart and in your head 
Tell mommy how you feel. What, what are you feeling right now? I'm mad. Okay, well, why are you mad? I'm mad because nobody likes me. And I'm like, okay, why do you think nobody likes me? You. Because I get in trouble. Okay. What, what do you mean you get in trouble? Always tell me no. Or tell me I can't do that. I'm like, okay. What? Why do you think I said that to you? I'm like just trying to like dig, like have sure, him sure. answer and, and and process, and uh, it it all boiled down to he he wasn't getting his emotional need met, so he was reacting in negative behavior by ignoring me or like laughing at me, like kind of trying to be silly in the middle of a of a serious moment or sure. just delayed obedience, all that stuff, and knowing what hit my buttons like he knows you know what really gets me and then when I would get mad and be like okay you're getting in trouble now because you have not obeyed you've completely disobeyed you know all of this um then he would break down and Mm -hmm. it was this it was a it was a need and a stressor that was happening because he wasn't it, it was so busy and it was a crazy day and lots of needs were being met with all the little ones and he wasn't getting his need met and so he was trying to figure out how to get sure. his need met sure. by acting out because he knew he'd get attention and knew he'd have that one-on-one time with me at some point. Mm-hmm. And um, realizing that, able to see from his point of view and like follow it back, like find the breadcrumbs and go back to, oh, you're feeling this because of this. This is happening. It didn't give him permission to act like that. Sure, It sure. doesn't validate it, but it explains it. It's like the whole why behind the behavior, which is such an important thing in teaching and parenting, the why behind the behavior, you know, Mm. and as you were talking about anger, I was just drawing on my notes, just an umbrella because anger is often an umbrella emotion. It's a secondary emotion. So usually there's something underneath it. You know, it's usually not just anger. It's I'm frustrated, so I'm also angry. I'm feeling left out, so I'm also angry. I'm disappointed, so I'm also angry. So knowing that it's anger is a secondary emotion, I've got an entire lesson on that in the Meeting Kids Needs course because I think that's not always known, you know, and Mm -hmm. anger, it's safer sometimes to feel a big, powerful emotion like anger rather than a more vulnerable emotion like gosh, I'm just so sad and left out, you know, or I'm feeling so sad and left out. So, you know, that's, that's super interesting too. It's just like really getting to the root. Yes. So helpful Mm -hmm. and and empowering for both of you because you, you feel like, oh, I understand now. Like I can, I can understand you're not just wanting to make life miserable. You just are you're, str- you're struggling. And, you know, and sometimes too, we look at behaviors that, that our kids have, you know, whether they be at home or at school. And it, what if the kid's just tired? What if the kid's right. just hungry? What right. if they're hungry? How great right. are we acting when we're starving? You know, <laughs> <laughs> when we're ready for lunch, you know, I mean, let's just, let's sometimes just look at some of the basics. Did my kid sleep well? Is my kid tired? Is my kid thirsty? Does my kid need to run around? You know, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Mark Hyman, he's a, he's a medical doctor, um, you know, physically, not, not, not someone who deals primarily with emotions, but he was working with a young kid and this kid was on pharmaceutical after pharmaceutical, you know, a behavior in school on a behavior plan on all this stuff. And he started changing the kid's diet and got him, you know, just some proper nutrition and his handwriting improved. I mean, it's crazy seeing the befores and after his academics, his, how well he felt. And sometimes it's just 
let's, what if our kid's reading too much junk? Yeah. I mean, honestly, that impacts our behavior. So just let's talk about practical. It's just like, what are your, what is your kid eating? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, and you know, the sleeping situation too, that's a big deal. A lot of people deal with that and just think, well, you know, it is what it is, but if your four-year-old's not napping or right. two-year-old or three-year-old's not napping, there's going to be a big difference a in their big behavior. Difference. So just looking at, the, looking at the yeah. most you know, basic foundational things first. Mm, that's so good. I love that. And you mentioned your course. I would love for you to just kind of dip into that for a second and kind of share with us what your course does, um, some details about it, because I think a lot of parents would greatly benefit from diving into that. Oh, thank you. I would love to. So I have created a social emotional learning course, which is basically how do we build our kids' emotional intelligence? And it's called Meeting Kids Needs. It's available at meetingkidsneeds.com. And there's a free lesson there for you to download immediately. So just hop over to the website, click on create, it's click on try a free lesson, and that's there for you immediately to try. So I'm helping kids and families. I'm giving parents the latest on topics like how do you help create your child create a positive body image? How do we build a rich emotional vocabulary, which is the, the free lesson that's there, which is so helpful. I'm getting such good feedback from parents. How do we help our kids to identify challenging emotions? How do we help them to manage challenging emotions? That whole emotional regulation piece, which let's face it, most adults don't have. Most adults don't have. So let's, let's give it to our kids. Let's give it to our kids now. Mm -hmm. Um, Understanding anger, what I had kind of mentioned with that anger umbrella and all the things that are underneath anger. How can we design healthy habits for our kids? Taking time for relaxation, navigating technology, really building those self-awareness and self-management skills that our kids need. And what's been really exciting for me too, Abby, this school year is I'm starting to offer Meeting Kids Needs to entire school communities. So the school can purchase Meeting Kids Needs and all of the families would have access, you know. So then we can really start to see some systemic change at the school level, you know, with families doing these things on their own. And what Meeting Kids Needs looks like, um, you know, when someone enters the course, when a family enters the course or, you know, some families, plural, in a school enter the course, it's a series of 12 monthly videos that are dropped out once a month. So no overwhelm allowed. We're just doing yes. one a month. We're just doing it. one a month. And they're, the videos are me. They're about the length of a TED Talk. I do the homework for you. I take a long time and delve in all the research, the books, study hard, and then summarize the research for you in really easy to understand points. And then I give you practical action steps for, okay, how do we apply it? Because it's not doing us any good to learn it. We've got to see how can we apply it right away in our homes. And then I also provide a really fun activity for connecting with your child around Mm. that month's topic. And there's also for parents that buy it as individual families, I can't manage it with entire schools, but there's a group coaching component every month uh, for folks as individuals that that, uh, enter the class as an individual family. So that's a lot of fun too. That that just sounds like a treasure box for- Thank you. So many families, and I I look forward to getting the course. That is my next goal. Oh, and, thank you. Um, yes, we're very excited, and um, I, I've even uh, looked into our school meeting with you. Like this is definitely something that 
I think is like I like we've talked about a ripple effect. You know, thank you, thank um, you. There's so many families and generations. This is this will change generations if we thank can, you. That is that is my prayer. It is it. really about impacting and changing the emotional legacy of a family yes. is what it's really about because we just didn't have the opportunity to learn these things most of us through no fault of anybody it's just right. the, it wasn't out there and now it, it is so now let's now let's get it done for ourselves and for our kids and you've made the way forward you've already plowed the ground you've already created a pathway it's not us going into the jungle of, you know, information and trying to pick it out and find and try. This is done and it's, it's ready. Thank mm-hmm. you. It's 20 minutes a month for you to watch a video. Literally. Wow. I mean, you can listen to it if you want, if you're not a video person, but I, I, I am. So I just wanted to create something visual. Abby, can I leave folks with a couple questions that I, that I love that are really impacting me in my life? And I hope that yes. they will be impactful for, for your moms and listeners. I love that. So another book, I'm sorry, I'm giving you another book. <laughs> I love it. It's a, it's a good one. You're beefing up my it's library. I love it's it. It's a good one. Uh, it's called, I, I just love it. It's called The Soul of Desire mm. by Dr. Kurt Thompson. And he is an interpersonal neurobiologist. So he studies the psychology of human connection and the brain science that's there. And these are two beautiful questions that he puts in The Soul of Desire. I think as moms, we can lose what we even want. We don't, yes. we're not even in touch with our desires because we're too busy trying to meet the needs of everybody else. Yes. But these are two beautiful questions that Kurt gives in his book. And they're actually Jesus's questions. So the first one is, where are you? Where mm. are you? Not where are you, meaning I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Where are you emotionally, mm. spiritually? Where are you with what your deepest desires are for your life? Mm. So number one, where are you? And number two, what do you want? Mm. What do you want? What are your deepest desires? Because you know what? God placed them in you. And the rest of the world needs you, not only for your family, but for the rest of us. We need what you have to offer, what God has placed in you. We need those gifts and treasures and beautiful things to come out of you as a mom and as a woman. And they're Jesus's questions too. So where are you? You know, he said that in Genesis. And what do you want? He said that to folks that were waiting on him for a miracle. So I love those questions. I'm really getting super real and honest with myself about where I am and what I want. And so much Mm. of it is, is, you know, getting this work out to the world and letting it be just the deepest possible blessing to children and families. That is beautiful, Missy. Thank you. I love your mission. I love your, um, I love your soul. You just have a beautiful soul that is just out to um, invest and create beautiful ripple effects. Like we've said, I just keep seeing that every time you, you talk, I just see this ripple effect going out and it being a big, big impact and lasting for a long, long time. And um, that's the heartbeat of, of what I'm doing too, is I want to call women into their fullness and into the treasures that are deep within them that can be buried in motherhood. And yes be buried in the overwhelm and the burnout. And yes. and if we if we partner together and we believe together and provide resources together for these families, I can I believe we will see transformation. And so everyone listening, I just I hope that you dive into all things Dr. Missy and dive into her website. Go on to um 
her platforms. Look at her reels. She's got incredible reels, incredible videos of just quick little tidbits and and bits of advice that are going to carry you through your day. That are going to remind you to do the little do do the little work, do the little things that we've talked about. It's emotional vitamins and practices yes. that we take and and really apply. And um, I, if there's one last thing, Missy, that you want to leave our audience with, what would that be? One last bit of just treasure gold that is in your heart, what would that be? Oh my goodness, precious mom, you're doing a great job. The fact that you're Mm. here and listening and wanting to learn and grow, you're doing a great job and cut yourself some slack and go do something beautiful for yourself today. That's so good. I love it. Friend, I'm so glad you were here with me today during this episode. If you're ready for more and want to start taking some action steps on what you've heard today, I want you to join a really special community called the Fullness Show community. It's a free, positive, and life-giving group of women just like you who are taking brave steps out of their overwhelm and into their fullness of overflow. And I want to see you in there. You are not alone, girl. Let us show you. To join the group, go to facebook.abbyhaggard.com. I can't wait to meet you in there. Thanks again for listening to The Fullness Show.